0: Glad to see everybody here. I got the title "War." It's uh, there's a lot can be said about war, I can go in a lot of different directions. But I was uh, kindly reading a little bit about Gideon, and also what really got me started on. The idea of war is is like this deal that's going on with uh, the library deal, where basically Satan has been let loose in the library. So Callie made me think that the war, is the front, is getting right here in Bonner's Ferry. Satan is working and doing his stuff right here, and it got my, my attention about that, so... I read Gideon, and I want to read a a commentary that a person has written about Gideon. And you can find that in Judges 6 and 7, if you're interested later on. In the times of trouble, we often reach for the thunder and the lightning of God's voice and direction. Mistakenly, we think that God will provide us with solutions we seek in some spectacular way the truth of the matter is that the answer often lies within us gideon struggled in his commitment to god day in day out he sought food and shelter from his family and the land constantly raided by hostile invaders And we have hostile invaders now in our land. Gideon was under extreme pressure to remain resourceful in the face of of his enemy. His deliverance came in an unexpected way. God called Gideon to deliver the Israelites from the rule of their oppressors. Like many of us, Gideon felt inadequate in the face of the great task. He obeyed, but his doubts kept him dragging his feet. He waited time and again for confirmation of what God had already told him to do. Many of us feel weak, and we think we are a failure. We question God's interest in our life or our situation. Joseph Gideon already had talents and resourcefulness that God had already given him. Often, we already have within us what God has given us to overcome our obstacles. Even when our faith wavers, God empowers us as we act. There's some resolve on this Issue of Gideon's is strengths and accomplishments. This is kind of a, a summarized a, a inventory of the story. Gideon acted on his growing conviction even when his faith wavered. He was responsible even when times were difficult. He led 300 men to defeat. One hundred and thirty-five thousand Mennonites. Some of the weaknesses that he had: Gideon was fearful to trust God because of his personal limitations. He failed to influence his family to follow after God's ways. He made a symbol from the Mennonite gold that he that was used for ungodly worship. Some of the lessons: God gives us more responsibility as we are faithful. God uses each of us despite our personal limitations. Even in the wake of a great victory, we are still capable of making mistakes. Throughout the Bible, a lot of the great leaders made mistakes. One of the key verses in in this is in Job 6.16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Mennonites as if you were fighting against one man. What kind of promise does God give us in the battle that we are in? And how many of us think that we're in a battle? And looking at a lot of this stuff, I give thought to myself, and this is before I became a Christian. I I want you to clarify that. Before I became a Christian, I was in the service during the time of war. That's during the Vietnam War, back in the 60s. So I was in the service. And the service is those who are employed to fight the battle that goes. And in the service, there's a lot of different areas. You have those who are on the front line, carry the weapons, and, and do the actual fighting. You have those who are bringing the material to those on the front line. You have those who are feeding those that are on the front line and also on the other. You have those who are documenting everything that's going on and keeping track of how much material people have, where the, you know, the, doing the clerical work. You have those are patching those up that got hurt. There's a lot of different jobs <clears throat> for the soldiers that are participating in the time of war. Now, here is as as the Adventist Church talks about the great controversy, that's a time of war. We're in a time of war, and a lot of times a lot of us are not on the front battle and a lot of us aren't dying. There was a lot of our brothers and sisters who died during the dark ages. I don't know if many of you remember, you talk about the Reformation, you talk about how many people who died because they claimed to be Christians and they claimed to keep the Sabbath and they claimed they actually got caught with a small piece of paper that had a small verse or two on it and the people in power at that time did not want anybody to have any of the scriptures with them. And so they died. They died horrible deaths. We forget about that sometimes. That's happening in other countries. That's not happening here. And this brought me to my thoughts of myself before I became a Christian. I was um, was stationed in Germany instead of Vietnam. But I was still in the military, the same as all of you are still in God's army. You're still part of the great controversy. You're still part of that which is fighting the evilness that surrounds us. That's where I was at. I was stationed in Germany. So I went over there and I became you go in the service, they give you the clothes to wear. They give you all the material. You know the the Bible talks about the armor of God. Tells you all these different parts of the armor of God and God gives you this. He gives you the material. He feeds you. He clothes you. He takes care of you. And me not being a Christian at that time, all this stuff, physical stuff that was going on in the Army, I received all this stuff. Well, I was kind of rebellious, and I was thinking about myself, and I wasn't thinking about the ones on the front line. And I think here sometimes in the United States, we don't always think about those in other countries that are being persecuted. Because we're here, we're not seeing the battle going on right in front of us. We're not part of that part. There were a lot of people that were stationed here in the United States that never even left the country. They never saw that, but they're, what they did helped to support those who were fighting. I was very selfish, <clears throat> and I was thinking to myself, and during the Vietnam War, there were... There was a large amount of people that were criticizing the war, and there was a few faithful that were trying to, to support, like my mother and them. So my mother sent me a care package, and that care package had some cookies and some notes and a little flashlight. I will show you. Usually the military at that time, this was part of the armament. That I got, you know, I was in the, I was part of the security team that guarded the post and uh, the nuclear weapons and all that stuff, you know, I guard it, keep, and give you a light so you're out there at night, you know, you can see your enemy. So you got a light. And being the person I was, that was kind of heavy. So on the care package, I got this little light. And I carried it, and before we go on duty, you have the person in charge comes by, he comes by, and he goes, yep, yeah, you got everything you need. He saw this, needless to say, because I I wasn't really into... You know, didn't think there was a war. Wasn't, wasn't involved in the real thing. Didn't think this was important. The place I was going had overhead lights. Uh, the vehicles I was in had other lights. So you know, I wasn't. I just thought, yeah, this is just just something that really didn't need to think about too much about it. Needless to say, the person who was in charge had a different opinion. He really <coughs> kind of um, informed me. That this was not the same as this, and I got to thinking how did i how do we relate that in, in a, a spiritual form? Well, it talks about uh, a light upon my feet, it talks about the candlesticks in the sanctuary, so it talks about the light as being the word, and in that same token. There's another place in the Bible that says there's going to be those who have the form of godliness and and not the power thereof. Well, I think sometimes the this this would be the form of godliness, but where's the power making the light shine? Kind of weak, isn't it? Part of our responsibilities as a soldier is to make sure we got the right power so the light will shine so that we can see the enemy that's out there. And sometimes we, we replace the battery. Oh, sometimes we don't keep up with what we're instructed to do. As somebody who wasn't concerned about it, I wasn't in the battle and stuff. I really didn't care much about it. But sometimes sometimes we have some other lights that some people, they make sure their light's shining. Those are the people that you want next to you when you're in the front line. They're reminding me of the 12 virgins, <clears throat> They had, in the Bible, it, it talks about a light, it talks about a power, and it talks about the 12, ver- the 10, would I say 12, the 10 versions, you know. Five of them had <clears throat> enough power and their lights to make it through the night. Some of them didn't. I would have been one of those who didn't make it. Because I didn't keep the power in my light so that I could see things. And I wonder how many of us, i think thinking to myself, <clears throat> what makes the light shine is the battery. What makes the light shine in the biblical days was the oil. The representation there is that the Word is the light and the oil is the Holy Spirit, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. How many of us have failed to keep our batteries charged by replacing the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's there's a deal here. Let's see. I can't remember where I got this at. There were some people that were talking. It says the Duke of Wellington was in a party of Christian men that were discussing the possibility of success in a missionary effort among the heathens. They appealed to the Duke to say if their effects were likely to prove success. The old soldier replied, Gentlemen, what are your marching orders? Success is not... The question for you to discuss. If I read your orders aright, they run thus: Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How many of us? And I, when I was there, I was arguing with a leader about my light. I had everything I was supposed to have. And he reminded me that the orders were to do what I'm told to do and not question the material that's given to me and not question the area I'm supposed to go to, not question the fact that I was in Germany instead of Vietnam, not questioning that it was just important while I was in Germany to carry the same materials and to use the same materials that my government gave me. And how many times we question what our Lord gives us? How many times do we question the gift that God has given us? How many times do we question our running orders? How many times do we say, well, <clears throat> we've gone out before and it has and it's not worked. How many times have we said that? How many times have we let our lights go out? And while, you know, a lot of times when you're guarding something, somebody's coming at you and you have to be able to have enough light to see if it's somebody that's part of your group or part of the other group. At nighttime in Gideon's, the time of Gideon's War when he took his 300 men, they didn't go in there and do the fight. Those guys were so shook up, they were killing themselves. Because they didn't have a light to be able to discern whether it was one of their own crews or or some other crew. How many times have our lights gone out and we've destroyed somebody on our side by the words that we use? And the words that we use is represented as a as a sword. How many times we have we destroyed somebody in our own little group? Because we didn't recognize, because we didn't have the Holy Spirit in us to discern that they were for part of us and not part of the enemy. Just a question. I think we all know a lot of people that used to come here that aren't coming here anymore because of what somebody said. And what you say is, uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the representatives of the word is a sword. So, how many times has one of the words of the swords that we've and that wouldn't happen if we had a light. And when the light doesn't work as the one one flashlight I had is very dim even with new new batteries it's still very light. It doesn't work unless it's powered up and the power comes from the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times we have the word, we have the appearance We have all the stuff that we need to fight the battle, but a lot of times when we fail to think, well, we get lax because we're not on the front line, we put our stuff to the side. And when you put a flashlight to a side, eventually, even if you don't use it, eventually it's going, to go, it's going to go down. It's still going to look like a light. But it's not going to work if it doesn't have the power in it. Let's go to James. The book, let's see. Book of James. A lot of times <clears throat> let me see. Let's go to James 2. I'm going to start with verse 24. James two twenty four. You see, then, what a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not rehab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messages messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. A flashlight without the power is dead. We need not, we, we need to never forget. Like in Ephesians 6.12, we need to never forget this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Even though we are not on the front line, we need to remember and never forget, the devil doesn't. In a lot of warfares, the enemy will send somebody into the camp and try to get them to start thinking about something different than the war, to start thinking about their loved ones back home, to start thinking about the money that they've got very poor wages and they can make so much more money at home to start thinking about the house that they built back home that they're not getting to live in. Begin to think about anything and everything else besides what their task is at hand. Satan does that to us. He, he brings people into our church to get us to start thinking about what color our carpet should be. Doesn't sound like much or or... <clears throat> what what flowers should be hanging up where in the sanctuary or how many seats do we have in here and who sa- who's sitting in what seat these are little things that satan loves to get us thinking about because it takes our eyes off of who who does it take our eyes off it starts bringing it back into our selfishness, our wants, our desires, and what we think is right and wrong instead of focusing on the one and only truth. That's Jesus and His Father. So without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's very easy to start becoming very selfish even within our ranks, even within our church, Even when it seems like it's a good thing, well, I go to the other church because so-and-so's preaching, because so-and-so, I get such a better blessing from hearing so-and-so preach and not the one that's preaching here now. I'm sure that all of you would receive a lot better blessing if you go somewhere else and listen to somebody else besides me. I, I have no doubt about that. I'm not a preacher. And I can understand why people do that. So is that why you come here, to receive a blessing? Do we, do we join the army to receive a blessing? You know, a lot of people, <clears throat> I've known some people have, they, they want to be in the army, they want to look really good in a nice suit, you know, uniforms, and they, they can earn all these ribbons and stuff that, you know, make them look at all this stuff that they've done and they're really proud of it. But do they remember why they got called up to duty? Gideon did not want to go on this. He did not want to fight. He felt very inadequate. But God used him. And there's a place in the Bible that says, many are called, but few are chosen. And Gideon's army, many were called to, to fight with Gideon. But how many were chosen? Only 300. Out of all those that were around at that time, only 300 were chosen. What were they asked to carry? Were they asked to carry swords and all that stuff? They were asked to carry a light. What does God ask us to carry? A light. Does a light shine if it doesn't have fuel? What's the fuel for the light? comes back to the Holy Spirit. So none of us can do what God asked us to do unless that we have the power to do it with. And that power is the Holy Spirit. And it is written that God was willing to give us that power. And a lot of us came into this army, and we got baptized as a sign to show the whole world or where our hearts were at. I'm going to ask everybody to make a visual sign so that other people can see. I'm going to ask God to fill and recharge our batteries and replace the dead ones with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask those who want to ask God publicly to please stand when I do this, and so that as a public recognition that you want God to fill you up with the Holy Spirit so that you will have the power to do what He is asking you to do. Without the Holy, If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you're going to be able to hear what God wants you to do. So I'm going to ask... Those who want to be want to be filled with the Holy Spirit to stand at this time, and I'm not going to ask you to bow or do anything. I'm just going to ask God to honor your request, our most gracious heavenly Father, I want you to see those who are standing. They're requesting to be filled with thy spirit. You have spoken it, you have written it, that those who ask, you will give. They're asking to be given the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will give them the Holy Spirit so that they can be used to do that which you ask them to do. And I ask you to let each and every one of them to hear your voice and what role it is that you want to play in this Controversy that is going on. We know that if you give them the spirit, they will give them the power and the strength and the energy and the capability of doing things they can't do without you. So I ask you at this time to fill each and every one who is standing. And those who aren't standing, I ask that you, if they change their mind later on, I ask that you do the same for them. Whenever they come to the point where they want to ask, in Jesus' name, amen. I think it's time for our closing song.